right, everybody, welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. What a good night to be at the house of the Lord. We're going to have a great time together tonight. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America because we're going to keep believing and declaring that America is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen? Amen. I was so proud last night. Pastor Katie opened up the city council meeting in prayer. And then Alexis and Nick Alva went up and did the Barstow Faith Confession. Yeah. So it was cool. Yeah, they they had all kind of been bickering, all the leaders. And those guys went right up there and boom, nailed them with some faith. I loved it. So amen. Good job, guys. It was incredible. Let's go ahead and speak these words of faith over America. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. All right. And you may be seated. Very good. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to get into some announcements here. Praise the Lord. Uh, first of all, we want to remind you that, of course, our 2023 calendars are available. We have some left, but supplies are running out. So make sure you grab one. And then um, this Sunday is going to be uh, the, the interest meeting for our June trip to Honduras. Okay. And so let me pass this sign up sheet around. Praise the Lord. And uh, if you are interested in going, uh, you know, again, I keep telling you this is not signing you up to go. But if you feel at all the Lord uh, speaking to your heart about going, put your name down there. And then after the 10 a.m. service on Sunday, Miss Cindy Grow is going to be having the meeting and, and giving you some more information, kind of tell you what to expect, what to plan for. And you can see if that's something that, that you're going to do. And I encourage you, man, if the Lord is speaking to you on it, do it. Uh, if God is talking to you about something, you want to obey him, don't you? And uh, sometimes he's telling you to get out of the boat, right? <laughs> and get out there and, and walk on the water. And this may seem like a big stretch. Maybe you thought, well, I've never thought I'd leave the country. Well, this could be a really good chance for you to do something for Jesus. So we are encouraging you with that. All right. And then also a uh, membership class is coming up on Sunday, February the 19th. OK, and I don't have a sign up sheet out there yet, but we're going to get one. Uh, so there will be a sign up sheet out there at the info booth. But if you are not a member and you would like to be, well, there's a good chance that we would like for you to be. All right. We like most of you guys. I'm kidding. We like all of you. You're great. Best people in the world. Uh, but anyway, um, so if you are not a member and you'd like to be a member, we're going to get that sign up sheet out there and it'll be Sunday the 19th from 4 to 7 p.m. And there's child care provided. And uh, so it should make it easy for everybody to be there. But anyway, it's a great chance for you uh, to go ahead and uh, and just say, yeah, this is my home church and I'm going to make a commitment. I'm hooking up right here. Amen. All right. Well, that is all the announcements for right now. So who knows what time it is now? 
It is happy time. Amen. All right. So if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. We're going to open up our Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. And uh, we're going to look here at verse 10. Uh, just verse 10 here. First uh, Timothy 6, 10. Timothy, I know that I told you verse 9, but I was wrong. It's verse 10. Amen. <laughs> let's, give it, let's hear it for 3 Timothy back there. Right back there, we got 3 Timothy. All right. Amen. Good man. Good beard. I've not seen a beard like that in a long time. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, anyway. Wow. First um, Timothy chapter 6 and verse 10. And it says this, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. And what a, I mean, come on, what a verse right there. That is such a powerful and true statement because I found out that when you love something, you'll do anything for it, right? And, you know, that can be a good thing because when you love the Lord, you'll do anything for Him. You'll give up your money. You'll give up your time. You'll give up your own desires. You'll do anything for Him just because you love Him. But if you love money, the same thing's true. You will lay down your morals. You will lay down. You'll you'll cheat. You'll steal. You'll rob. You'll do anything just to get more of it. And the Scripture tells us that that so many evil, all kinds of evil, has a direct connection, a direct root to a love of money. And it tells us that some people craving it so badly have wandered from the true faith and have pierced themselves with many sorrows. But the book of Proverbs tells us that the blessing of the Lord will make a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Amen. And so we realize that God's not against you having money right? We all need money. And we, you know, I like having money, but I do not love money. I love God. And the good news is, is that Matthew six thirty three tells us that if we seek him first and his righteousness, he'll just give us everything we need anyway, right? It says all these things shall be added unto you. So guess what? You need eggs and toilet paper? Hey, God's got it, right? Come on, yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, there's this shortage of eggs. The chickens are dying. And, and, and I'm like, wow, this actually, it's weird for me because it makes me feel old. Follow me, all right? Because I'm so old that I remember when toilet paper and eggs were so plentiful and cheap, they were just something you threw at your enemies' houses, right? Come on. All right, all right, all right. I saw that on Facebook. I thought it was funny. All right. Well, praise God anyway. Whatever it is that you need, God will supply our needs as we're seeking Him first. Amen. All right, let's stand up together tonight. Who loves the Lord? Amen. We, you know, we like money, but we don't love it. We love the Lord. And because of that, we'll obey Him with it and we'll do anything that He needs us to do. Praise God. Let's speak these words of faith over our giving, and then we will go ahead and get into some worship and get into the word tonight. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. 
Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us up front as we worship tonight. Let's sing together. I wandered through the darkness, a wasting away. My soul was cold and hopeless, and dead in the grave. Like a river of light in a dry land, like a flicker of sight to a blind man. I saw the glorious light as it broke in. God of mercy and might, oh, you brought me back to life. You're the Lord of light, shining in the dark. You're the source of light, beating in my heart. You're the living hope. You're the risen Christ. You restored my soul.
just with the voices right now. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the Lord, we're so grateful for eternal life. We're so grateful for your spirit that lives in us, that helps us, that strengthens us. We're so grateful for your word that shows us what to do and how to do it. Jesus, we love you. And we're so glad we get to be your ambassadors. We get to be your witnesses here on the earth to let people know there's only one way to get to heaven. There's only one way to get victory in life, and it's through you, Jesus. We know that. And we thank you for giving us opportunity every day to share that with other people. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody shout. going to be talking tonight about how to maintain your soul, how to maintain your soul. Turn to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at the first three verses. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you the direction I'm coming up, but it's pretty obvious when I start. How many here own a car or drive a car or a truck or something? Uh, if you drive a lot of miles and you never change the oil, how good do you think your, your vehicle is going to be? How long do you think your motor is going to last? Especially at these high speeds we drive and all those things. In California, there's a lot of miles just going from one place to another because it's a big state. But if you never change your oil, and one day your motor starts knocking and smoking, pulls over the side of the road, it's not the manufacturer's fault. When you drive it off the lot, you're responsible for maintenance. There's a lot of Christians that are sitting on the side of the road. They had their motor blew up, their spiritual faith life, because they didn't maintain it. You know, uh, preventing maintenance is always good, isn't it? And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight, how to, how to maintain your soul. So you don't end up with a blown engine, and then you're one of those that could, I just don't know why God did it. I don't know why God did it. Well, General Motors didn't blow up your engine. You didn't take care of it. And God didn't cause you to go shipwreck. You didn't follow his instructions in the owner's manual. How many know that the Bible's the owner's manual? Amen. Amen. He says, he says, we're not our own. We're bought with the price. He's the owner. And so we got, we got to do what he says to do to maintain a good spiritual life. And I'm just thinking about my life. The older I get, the more I realize how selfish it is just to have faith for myself. I've got, I've got neighbors all around me that didn't know anything at all, what I know, because most of them aren't born again. And I run into people every day, everywhere, that are messed up, they're depressed, they don't know what to do. And you know, Pastor Dave talking about the eggs, Mrs. Pastor got a couple dozen before she took off for Brooklyn. 
Ashley told me, I think, $8.60 for 18 eggs. I said, wow. I said, I don't know how much longer I want to eat eggs. I can afford them, but I don't, I don't like getting robbed. And so, you know, I, I just think about people that don't know the benefits we know of serving God, how to believe God for egg money. And like you said, the toilet paper stupid stuff that happened like that. There's so much out there, but what I'm saying is we know what the joy of the Lord is. We know what faith is. We know what love is, and they don't. And so we got to be able to maintain this vehicle that we live in called our body. So take us where we need to go so we can be a blessing to people. Amen. And so this, this, this what I'm preaching today totally shocked me. I started writing it out this morning how it came out. I never really looked at it like this or saw it like this. But when you hear it, I think it's going to give you a great understanding of how you really function and operate, how to take care of yourself to be most effective. I just, I never, I never planned this at all. It just came out this way. But it, it's so, it's so, I think it's, it's, it's so enlightening to see it like this. Romans 12 verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye are you, you present your bodies. You. The real use the spirit man on the inside, the spirit woman on the inside said, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And I know another translation says it's your spiritual service. And you know, I think about getting your car serviced. About getting your vehicle serviced. You gotta get it serviced. He said, you present you present your body. You make your body do what it's supposed to, not what it wants to. You present your body. He says that's a spiritual service. And I'm not going down the body road because that's not where we're going to be at tonight. But you know, you are a spirit being. Your spirit got born again. And you have a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotion. And you live in a physical body, your earth suit. And so your spirit is the real you. But your spirit and your soul work together, but they've got to have the body to transport them. You know, it, it's, it's so real to us that know eternal things and eternal life that we've never been to a funeral and seen the person. All we've seen is the house they used to live in. We've seen the suit they used to live in because we know they're not there. They left. They departed. You know, like that old thing that uh, joke with Dylan about, about Elvis. Elvis has left the building. Well, when somebody dies... They've left the house. They're not there anymore. And, you know, we talk about say, oh, he looks so good. And I, I remember when I was a little kid, it seemed like all the old aunts and everybody when I'd go to their funeral, oh, they just look so natural. They look so natural. Well, that's not them. And so we've got to realize we got to take care of our bodies because if, we, if, if it's not in good shape, it can't take us where we need to go. We do everything we can to take care of it. But then our soul... Our soul. That's where we're going to major on tonight. Now look at verse 2. And it talks about part of our soul. <clears throat> and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. When you were born again, your spirit immediately turned from darkness to light. Your nature changed immediately, but your soul never changed. Your mind never changed. That's why I said you've got to renew your mind now. Your spirit never got renewed. You become a new creature. Old things passed away. All things become new. And all things of God in your spirit. But you've got your mind, your will, and your emotions to deal with. It says, he says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
that you may prove was that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And I know that uh, I'm, not, I'm not going deep into things on this part here, but I remember years ago when I was studying things, that word transform, there comes from a Greek word, I think morta, morta mephi or something, morta mephi or something, but the word morta mephitis, what's that word? I haven't used it for years. Morta mephitis, and that's, that's like a tadpole turning into a frog. It transformed into something different, or, or a caterpillar turned into a butterfly. It transformed. It turned into something different from what it was. And so our, our, our mind is a process. It's changing from taking, thinking totally ungodly thoughts, ungodly ways. And I know when you, I was talking to Raymond the other day, uh, he, he, he came where I was. A lot of times people talk about, well, what kind of church did you grow up in? And I said, I grew up in Heathenville. And my church was Lane's Tavern. That's where my dad and mom went over there. Uh, and uh, the, pa- the their pastor was the bartender. They gave him offerings pretty regularly. And he gave them counsel when they come to cry. And that, that was, that, that was across the street from it. I got to go over there and play on the beer cases with his daughter. We messed around and did stuff. Well, that, that's where I came from. And so my mind knew nothing about glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I was talking to Raven the other day. I said, I remember when, when I finally around church people after I got saved, I'd be around the truck driver and thought, man, I'm going to be able to say it. And be going on. And also I'd be sitting around a bunch of sinners and go, hallelujah. I mean, I had to, I had to change metamorphosis into somebody else. I was on the inside. I wanted the outside to start lighting up. And so I, I got to where a bit around truck driver stuff like that. Something going on. They, they get all upset about something. I just, without even thinking now because I've changed, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I totally changed, but that was a process. I was conformed to the world because I was part of the world. Then when I got born again, I had to start getting my soul in life, my spirit. My spirit then was totally changed. I was a baby. That's why I had to get my soul in line. He says, don't be conformed to the world. And so the world goes tilt. If they hear the word cancer, they think it's over. But when you get your mind transformed to the word of God, then you begin to know, oh, wait a minute. Matthew eight seventeen says, Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. First Peter 2.24 says, He took my sins, took my sicknesses, and by his stripes I was healed. James 5.14 says, Any sick among you call for the elders of the church. They'll anoint you fall in the name of the Lord and pray the prayer of faith, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Unless they got something bad like AIDS or COVID. Oh, anything like that. But anything else, unless it's not, if it's not real serious... Uh, you take a couple aspirins or whatever you get and pray and maybe something good will happen. That's how the world thinks. But you don't get afraid of things when you've truly been transformed in your thinking because God lives in your spirit. Holy Spirit lives there and he's the one that wrote the Bible through men. And when the Bible and the Holy Spirit get together in you and your mind gets transformed to think like God thinks, well, you say, well, glory to God, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. And you know, you think, you think about, I always like the story of David, that David and Goliath. We've all heard that story so many times. But after I got born again, I saw the real story and I studied that. I saw what was going on. Israel 
the religious bunch were challenged every day and they bragged in church what they was going to do to the giant when he came out today. And every time Goliath come out every morning, he said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear you apart. I'm going to totally destroy you. Just give me one man. If he wins, if he whips me, we'll be your slaves. But when I whip him, we're coming after you and we're going to eat your lunch and you're going to be our slaves. And they all run and hide again. And one day David comes out there. He saw the same giant. He saw him through the eyes of God. And what the difference was, Israel saw a great big giant and a little bitty God. David come out there, and because he walked with God, he saw a great big God and a little bitty giant. The giant got small because he looked after the eyes of his covenant. And that's what he's talking about here, to, for, for our minds to be transformed. Here's a statement Brother Hagin made years ago, and I, I always write this down in my Bible, but he said this, the mind is the door to our spirit. The mind is the door to our spirit, and our minds have been educated wrong about spiritual things. Our minds have been educated wrong about spiritual, spiritual things. And so tonight, I want to talk about our soul, and it's, it's made up of our mind, will, and emotions. And so, now here's where the Lord starts to take me a different way to explain this tonight, which I really like this. And so I see my mind like a filter. And what I was thinking about when I first, he first started giving this filter stuff, I said about this little handheld vacuum thing we got that's really cool for doing the couch or getting out of quick places, just hanging on the water, it's all charged up. Well, I went to use that last week. I thought, man, where's the suction at? It's not working. So I popped the little head off, and that filter there was stopped up, haven't cleaned it for a while. And so I cleaned that filter, and immediately, man, super suck. Because the filter was stopped up. The vacuum was good, hadn't been used that much, but the filter needed cleaned. And so, things have to go through our filter to get to our heart for our faith to be strong. And if your filter is so clogged up with religion, then you sit there when you hear things being taught the Word of God, you'll see a half a dozen passages saying the same thing. But if your mind is so cluttered because you've been religiously brainwashed, instead of New Testament taught, then you say, oh, that's okay, but it's not really that way. That's not how it really works in the real world. He's just been out of the real world too long. He doesn't know. Well, your mind's cluttered. Your filter's stopped up. Because things go through your filter. And so that's why I learned about our different styles of preaching. I think about Pastor Dave today. I don't have three points for you. Man, he'll give you the points. He gets up there, he gives you three points. And matter of fact, the other day he gave us four. He gave us four points Sunday night. I don't, I, don't, I don't operate that way. We teach the same thing, except his filter, evidently the two Bible schools he went to, his filter was programmed different than mine was. And so see your filter... Your filter will filter things, and by the time they get to your spirit, they have to come through your filter. And so if your filter is clogged up with the filth of the world, or whatever it is, then by the time it gets to your spirit, your spirit gets very little of the good stuff, and then your spirit has very little faith. Amen. And so my mind filters... 
I wrote this down. I'm just going to keep on reading because I like this. My mind, my mind filters what I hear, see, and learn in everyday life. What I hear, see, and learn. And I know when this COVID stuff hit back in 2020, I was very cautious. I didn't get all that fear. And then later on, we come to find out a lot of politicking to clutter up my mind. Because I knew, I knew that in my own personal life, I'd already been healed by God of blood cancer. of serious heart stuff. My son had been healed by leukemia, being crippled. And so I already knew what worked. And so what was this new giant on the scene? COVID. You know, what did David say? He said, I killed the lion. I killed the bear. Who's this giant think he is? And so I know that I was very cautious with all the COVID stuff to watch out what got in my filter. Because I knew if by chance that attack hit me, my filter had to stay clean so I could knock it out like I did cancer and everything else. You understand what I'm saying? That's how this thing works. What gets in your filter is going to determine how much God can work from your spirit. You know, to me, to me, our spirit's like the motor. That's where the power comes from. And so anyway, the Lord began to talk to me along the lines of an oil filter. And so my, my spirit, what I hear, see, and learn in everyday life determines what's in my filter. And so if I keep it clean by washing it with the water of the word, and that verse that says that's Ephesians 5.26, <clears throat> a lot of verses that talk a lot of those lies, but Ephesians 5.26 says we've got to be washed with the water of the word. And so if I keep it, my, 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 my mind clean with that, then it will be able to allow the pure word of God to flow in and out of my spirit. Because not only does the flow have to come in, but just important is God to be able to come out. Because it didn't make any difference how much I knew about healing when the little man couldn't walk. And when he had leukemia, it didn't make a difference what I know. It made a difference what came out of me to get the healing there. You understand what I've said? It's more than knowing it you got to know how to get the power to the source. And so, uh, just like your car engine will perform at maximum horsepower, horsepower if you regularly change the oil and filter. If you regularly change the oil and filter, you'll get maximum performance, especially these new modern cars. And so I want to look at verse 3. And then he said, for I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you. He didn't say that everybody said the world. He said among you. He's talking about Christians in your church, church circles. He said to every man that's among you, not to think of himself more higher than he ought to think, but think soberly according as God. Now look at this. God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith. So when we are born again, it's like getting a brand new car. We all get faith from God to get saved. He gives us what it takes to get us started and get it off the lot. And so we all receive the same measure of faith to start out our faith walk, but it's up to us as individual believers to perform regular maintenance on our souls. You know, I just get a, I just get a picture of this so plain when I bought new cars before. When I drive it off the lot, it's mine, and I've got to take care of it. To be able to see that whatever warranties are now and how long it's going to last, but that's if you regularly maintain it. And so God, God said in Psalms ninety-one sixteen, 
with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation. But in verse 1 of Psalm 91 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. And so we got to be able to do what we're supposed to do for maximum performance. Now I want you to look at Psalms uh, 1, and we're going to look at verse 1, 2, and 3. We've looked at this a lot. You know, we, we teach on this and all the time, but tonight going to approach it from a little different angle, and we're talking about maintaining your soul so you get maximum performance with your faith. So God can do all he wants to do through you. And so, verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that, what? Walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. So three things he tells us there. He says, Choose your friends wisely. He said, watch out who you hang, hang out with. And you know, I, I talked the other day when I was teaching about I noticed, and then Pastor Dave hit the same thing when he was talking, that uh, on jobs I had, I found out that every trucking job I ever had, every place I ever worked, whoever I was with the most, and I couldn't control who I was with because they, they assigned you with somebody. So whoever you're with the most, if you're with a really, really negative person that nothing can go right, everything's wrong, the bosses are a bunch of idiots. The place is doing everything wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. They can't control this. They're down there. They don't know what we're doing. And yuck, 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 man. All the, all, all, all the garbage comes out of their mouth. But if you hang around those people long, if you're not really a very serious Christian, that'll get in your filter. And next thing you know, no matter what goes on, you're part of the whiners and not a winner anymore. You know, you need to be a whiner or a winner. Amen. And so I learned, I learned when I become a Christian, if I saw that stuff trying to get on me, man, I would make sure that I, I, I put, I put invisible earplugs on. And I made sure, I made sure I would pray and I would guard my mouth. And man, if they all started spewing on the company, the bosses, the customers, and everybody else, I'd keep my mouth shut. I'd real quietly pray. I'd whisper verses. I just did everything I could to get that off of me because I knew, I knew my faith was getting snuffed out because of what was going on. And so also, also I learned this by watching other Christians. Uh, you know, it seems like so many times Christians think they got a call to backslide to win a sinner. And so they, 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 I'd see Christians get off the job I think they had to go hang out with people that were totally anti-God and everything else half the night and it'd take a toll after a while. And so I learned, I learned in my life that if, if me spending eight or ten hours a day side by side with them wasn't enough, then too bad. I had to go back at nighttime to get filled up again so I could handle their stuff another day. Amen. Amen. The biggest witness we are to them anyway Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. And so I found out when I was beside them and nine out of ten words coming out of their mouth weren't very nice words. And I just, oh, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Unconsciously out of my spirit because the bud is the heart the mouth speaketh. I come to find out. And then when I talk about, you know, they say, well, what are you guys going to be doing? I said, well, we're going to church tonight. Well, after a while, after a while, they knew what we were, not because we were bragging, we just lived it in front of them. And so then they'd be talking, hey guys, we're going to go down to the Sunshine Inn tonight. That was the 
watering hole I used to go to with them before I got saved. That was our beer joint down the road from the dock. And they'd look at, they'd look at me, you go, oh no, that's right. You're a holy roller now. I know where you're going. It's Wednesday night. You're going to prayer meeting, ain't you? I said, well, yeah, that's where I go. I'm a Christian. <laughs> like that. But I wasn't forcing what I had on him. So what I'm saying is this. If I spent eight or ten hours a day with those guys, why would I want to go out at nighttime then? Because did you ever notice that when you're tired, it seems like your filter's more open to receive more garbage? Your guard's down. And so I hope I'm helping somebody. Man, you witness these people all day long. you got to go back and get some maintenance taken care of. And so anyway, that's what Psalms 1-1 says. It says, you don't hang out with these people all the time. Now, if God gives you a special assignment, I've had special assignments where I went and hung out with people around different things to do things. I never, I never participated, participated in the sin. I was around a lot of sin sometimes, but that caused a special assignment. And when God gives you a special assignment and you know it, and you're strong enough to be able to handle it, you got the grace, you got the anointing, but then it's just like your vehicle. If you drive your vehicle in dusty conditions a lot, and a lot of heat and things like that, you might have to change the filter more often. So if you get a special assignment, and you better know it is, then you can be around these people a bit more. But anyway, uh, we, we have to know that the oil in your car has to be able to flow freely and needs to be clean oil to get all those impurities and everything out of the engine. And so that's the same way with our spiritual life. Our solical filter, our mind, has to stay clean so it can filter all this filth that we pick up all day long. And you know, I think about our cars. You can't help but suck a bunch of stuff into them to get down there. If your filter, your air filter gets stopped up, your engine gets messed up. Well, think about us all day long. All, all the bad news we hear that's on the, on the, on the, I started saying the radio stuff, but now we don't do that, do we? We've got internets and everything else. All, all the impurities we pick up all day long. You can't, you can't go anywhere without somebody unloading a volley on you about how bad it is. And by the time you get, pick up a bunch of that and a bunch of that and a bunch of that, you better keep your filters clean. Talk about being not conformed to the world, transformed by renewing of your mind. And so then look, look at verse, look at verse two. It says, but his delight, instead of hanging around with, with, with all that stuff, his delights in the law of the Lord, that's the word of God, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And so, your born again spirit is going to be hindered from producing maximum faith if your filter stopped up. So verse 2 then says you must continually put fresh gas in your tank and not let it lay dormant for an extended period of time or it'll turn into tar and gum up your engine. You know, I learned about that business out here in California. I've never had any trouble with my car. But back where I came from, the Midwest, our lawnmowers and weed eaters and things like that, we used them so much to just fresh gas going in all the time and we didn't have this extreme heat. But I, I had several small pieces of equipment my first few years here go bad because I wouldn't have to use them for a long time. And so the gas went bad. The gas went bad, froze up engines, had to learn different way to do things out here. But it's the same, same way with us. If we don't use what we have and it gets stagnant, especially if your filters get stopped up, 
and you're going nowhere. He said, your delight is in the law of the Lord. And so not only do you keep your filters clean, you have to keep fresh gas coming in. Is the gasoline what gives the power to your engine? How does faith cometh? Hear the word of God. And so if you put it in for an extended period of time, but you don't use it, you're going to go stagnant. Then you're going to be a stinking religious Christian. Stagnation stinks. Amen. And so uh, we've got to we got to do regular maintenance and use what we got and keep the gas press. And then verse three says, "This person that watches who they hang out with, but stays serious about the word of God, they shall be like a tree." Planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf also shall not wither. And I like this last part. I call this maximum performance. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And you know, I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I think about Chuck and Heidi. You know, man, I'll tell you what, these, these are the racing machines. I'm thinking about those engines and everything you tell me about, man. The super mechanics and the super sports and the super fixed up, uh, hopped up engines to do all that. They get, they want maximum performance. Man, they might have tuned it up this week, but they drove it five miles on the racetrack, so that's time for another tune up. Just to get more power, more power, more power. And in our lives, in our lives, I think in Matthew chapter 8, where he told that man he had great faith. He said, I've never seen such great faith. Well, if you keep that contamination off your filter and stay clean, and you are a person that's serious about the Word of God, and you meditate the Word of God, and you're, very, you're a very serious Bible person, then you're going to get maximum performance. You're going to pray for people, and they, they're going to be results, and they're going to look at you and they'll say, man, I'll tell you what, uh, you, need, you need to call that Casey. I'll tell you what, when Casey prays, God listens. Things happen. And that's the kind of reputation we want. We want people to see Jesus in us. We want maximum performance. And I want to say it again. Romans 12, 3 says, He gave Jenny the same faith He gave me to get me started. Gave her the same faith. There's no difference. We got God's kind of faith to get it. When we got born again, He says, By grace you're saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift to God. God gave us the same faith to get started, but what are you going to do about taking care of what you got so you get maximum performance out of your spirit so that you'll know when you, when you pray, you're not afraid of anything. I know when I, know when I got born again and I found out how real this was, I'll tell you what, as a single man, I couldn't wait to go to a hospital. I couldn't wait to go to nursing homes. I couldn't wait to go anywhere there were sick people. I actually, when I was a young Christian, used to work emergency rooms. I had a couple, a couple a little bit older than me, and what we do, we got off work, we'd go to the hospital emergency rooms, just kind of meander around and just look for somebody we could pray for. And we had a lot of good results. Why is that? Because I knew I had the same faith that Paul had. I knew I had the same faith that Peter had. I knew I had what they had, the book of Acts, because I had the same Jesus. I had the same Holy Ghost. I had the same Father. I had the same Word of God, and I had a pair of hands. 
And when Jesus said, lay hands on sick and they shall recover, lay in the name of Jesus, I had to find sick. That's all. I had to go hunt them down. And I found a lot of sick, got a lot of people healed. Why is that? Because I had a good maintenance schedule. I was single, didn't have a family. I could get up and read the Bible, come home, read the Bible, get up, read the Bible, pray, go to work. And man, I tell you, I'm just ready to go. And you know, to me, that's like just having your car tuned up. You know, I know, I know when I was a young punk, my first car was a 57 Ford. And man, I'll tell you what, for a, for a V8 tuned up car, I could burn rubber a long ways and every once in a while I could beat somebody else. But what am I saying? I'm saying that a car is no different than what your spiritual life is. You're going to get out of what you put into it. I thought somebody laughed about my 57 Ford, but nobody laughed or anything. It was was a good car. Matter of fact, I found a picture of one just like it. I got it hanging in my garage. It was fun. And so, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And so, just because we have a car and drive a car, the car isn't isn't us. Now listen to this. I like this. Just because you have a car and you drive a car, the car isn't you. You are temporarily behind the wheel. And uh, you, you are the one that's supposed to control it and make it go where you want it to go at a safe speed, being courteous to those around you. And that's why we need to train our soul, our mind, will, emotions. Like your car. When I wrote that down, that was so real to me. In this body. This body's not me. And when I'm in a car, I'm not a car. I'm in the car. And I'm the one supposed to control that car. I'm supposed to take care of that car. Or it'll be sitting on the side of the road. Well, my body is not me. And so when I get in the car... I don't care if you're in California, you can't say, I identify as a car. I don't identify as a car. I drive a car. My car is not me. I identify as a born-again believer, as a child of God. That's who my identity is, is in Christ. Amen. Amen. So, And so we are the ones supposed to train our car. Now I want you to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This will be our, our last passage before we do communion. Is this making sense to anybody? Are you seeing a good picture out of this? Second Corinthians 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And so, that walking in the flesh means our spirit lives in the body. But we don't, we don't fight things. With our senses only. We don't fight things for our senses only. And so notice this in verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. or of the flesh. But mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. And so the pulling down of strongholds. That's things. We're talking about the mind here. That's things that get a hold of your mind. Stronghold is just what it is. Something's got a stronghold on your mind. And you know, I think about people that are addicted to alcohol, to drugs, to sex, to lying, to gossiping. You know, have you ever heard somebody say, I just couldn't help myself. Oh, I just couldn't help myself. I had to do it. 
Well, you had to do it because something had a strong hold on your mind, on your soul. I don't know why I did that. I never want to do that. I love Jesus. I don't know why. I love Jesus. Well, your soul needs, needs some service. Something has a strong hold on your soul. And it takes the Word of God. It takes the Spirit of God. It takes hanging out with Christians to break that strong hold. You know, I know some of the, some of the saddest cases I've ever seen are some of my own brothers. Seven kids in my family. And one of them got to go to heaven already a few years ago that was younger than me. I got some others that are in serious trouble. But the thing is, there's been some things that had strong holds on them for a lot of years. Got a couple of them that are Christians where they break loose from the stuff for a few days. But then that strong hold always gets them again. And so we're talking about how to get that strong hold off of your soul. We're talking about regular PM. We're talking about preventive maintenance at PM services too. You know, Hey, that's pretty good too. Don't have it in the notes, but here we are. We're, what, what are you guys doing on Wednesday night? I just typed my PM. We're due. What do you mean your PM? Well, preventive maintenance. Go to the PM service. Well, I thought you just had that all changed last week. Yeah, but I ran a lot of miles this week, man. It's getting dirty. I better go get some PM. And mom in Brooklyn, New York, that was for you. <laughs> Talk to my wife. She's in Brooklyn right now. And so, and so, uh, for your mind, for those strongholds, think about your car. If a warning light comes on, how many don't like if the warning light comes on? I tell you, I cringe those warning lights. Used not have, used not have money to do anything about them except cover them up. But now I know what to do if something happens. But anyway, if a warning light comes on, on your car, you need to find out why and get it to a qualified mechanic for a diagnosis and repair. Repair or repair. I like that one too. Amen. Yeah, so that's, you know, we have prayer lines in here. And we'll give you some repairs. We'll diagnose. Give you some repairs. So verse 5 then says, casting down imaginations. And you notice the first part of imaginations is image. The devil will put an image in your mind. That's a picture. And then you'll end up doing something you don't want to do. You say, well, I just saw myself doing that. I kept seeing myself doing that. I just kept seeing myself doing that. You don't recognize where it come from. That was an image from hell. And that's a warning light coming on if you're a Christian. You need to find out why. It says, casting down imaginations at every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Where's the knowledge of God at? Is it in the owner's manual? I mean, you think about the Old Testament, how many, how many thou shalt not? And then you think about the New Testament, do this, do this, do this, do this. And so that's a warning light. If something comes on, it starts flashing across to your mind there, and you know it's wrong. And so it says, uh, breaking into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, or every thought to the obedience of the word. And so if you have a full tank of fresh gas, that means you are consistently having quality time with Jesus and your Bible and prayer time. 
because you're all you're all fired up, and so then you're able to do something about that warning light then. And so uh, you've developed the habit of multiple services per week at church. Then when that warning light comes on, listen to this: when the warning light comes on because you're full and your mind's being renewed regularly, then you will immediately recognize when a warning light comes on in your mind. And what's the warning light? You might keep getting sexually perverse thoughts. That's a warning light. And it says, sin, 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 sin. You better get help to get that thing taken care of. And then uh, another warning light. With thoughts you dwell on of hatred. I'll never forgive her. I'll never forgive her. I won't forgive him. I can't forgive him. I'll never. You know what? That's a warning light. The Bible says, Jesus said, hatred in your heart is the same as murder in God's eyes. That's a warning light. Uh, fear. Oh, I'm just, I'm just scared to death of flying. I'm scared to death of flying. I'll never fly. I'm scared to death. God didn't give you a spirit of fear. That's a warning light. Anytime the devil tells you you can't do something, that's a normal function of life. That's a warning light. You got to do something with the mind. And then doubting the Bible that you know is true. You know the word but. These be something that's a big warning light to you. Well, I know that what pastor taught about from the Bible is real. But in my life, that's a warning light. That's called doubt in the Bible. So when you see things... And that butt comes in, you better recognize warning, warning, warning. So anyway, uh, we're going to be doing communion, so we'll shut this down. That's why you must continually renew your mind by changing your oil and your filter and keep that filter free so things can flow in and out of there to get to your heart. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Well, we'll close that down. <laughs> All right. We're going to we're going to receive communion now, and uh, you can stand up if you want to. I've been standing up about an hour, so might as well join. <laughs> but uh, anybody that wants to take communion, as long as you're a born again Christian, then we invite you to take communion with us. The only requirement God gives for communion is be saved, be born again, be under the blood, and then. Want to take it with a clean heart. So uh, you guys, come on up. Just, you know, the routine. Robert is glad to serve you. And, you know, we're taking communion at, at the end of the sermon. And the reason being, I think this like coming in. You know, we're, we're the Jiffy Lube now. This is the quick, this is the quick uh, oil change right now. Communion time to get cleaned up.
Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I, this car thing is going to be so strong, but I just taught there. I'm just seeing something else to help you communion time. How many know that sometimes when you, when you have an older car, you get high mileage uh, additives put in, high mileage oil, different things. You do things to help more, but I'm thinking to take communion about having you say something to me out of the Bible that I think will help you as we receive. How many of you have ever read Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24? It says, Search me, O God, know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Well, I'm going to lead you to confession with that. And then we'll bow our heads and pray, then we'll receive communion. But just say this to me, Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. Okay, now now we're going to say this confession of that verse and let it let it come from your heart. This put some additive in there you need to help you. Say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Now just talk to him for a minute, then we'll receive. First Corinthians 11 says, When Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take, eat, <clears throat> this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Jesus, thank you for taking the sin and taking the curse that was on our life in your own body on the tree thank you Jesus you took that for us so we could have your life on earth today and then it says when he stopped saying he took the cup and he said this cup is the new testament of my blood this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me Jesus, I don't understand all there is about your blood at all. I know it's not magic, but I know they're supernatural. They're supernatural when we take communion. And this cup represents your blood that washed our sins away and gave us new life. It represents your blood that if we sin as Christians, you said we confess them, that you're faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us with your blood from all unrighteousness. So as we take this, I thank you that this is cleaning our filters, it's cleaning us out.
It's helping us get our flow where it belongs so we can walk in the faith you've got us to walk in to be blessed and to be a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Pastor Dave, you want to take over? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. What a what a powerful time to gather here in communion. And, and it's just a wonderful time to be able to talk to the Lord and deal with anything that we need to deal with. Um, hey, if you need prayer tonight, we want to make that opportunity available. And so uh, we're going to take just a minute here and have uh, Pastor Josh lead us in a little bit of worship. But if you need prayer, uh, we want to be in agreement with you and watch the Lord move on your behalf. So I'm going to have my prayer team come on up and uh, and offer prayer for just a few minutes here. Amen. He 
shall come with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in Him be found, dressed in His righteousness alone. A faultless stand before the throne. Alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love through the storm. He is Lord, Lord Savior's love and through the storm He is Lord Lord of all Amen. Praise God. What a good time to gather tonight. The Lord is good. Amen. And I just love those verses we were just looking at. I hope you wrote those down and you need to look at those this week. You are going to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hallelujah. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer and dismiss, but be here this weekend. We're going to have an awesome, awesome uh, service for morning and night on Sunday. Don't miss out and uh, just keep up, man. I know so many people have started off the new year really good being in church, reading the Bible. Keep it up. Keep it up. Don't get a few weeks into this and then quit it. No, you keep it up and this will be the best year you have ever had if you're laying the right foundation. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you so much for what we have seen in the Word of God tonight. And just like right there in Psalm 1, Lord, we want to be meditating in your Word day and night. And as we do that, Lord, we are like those trees planted by the riverbank, Lord. Our leaves never wither and we prosper in all we do, Lord. It's a perfect picture of strength and stability as we make you the foundation, Lord. So let us take this to heart and we thank you, Lord, that we are absolutely living our best lives for you. We love you and we praise you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go ahead and bless Barstow tonight and then you can be on your way. Amen. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you Sunday.